Hi, welcome to Gear Talk and Noria Podcast. I am excited today. We are going to be talking with Scott Furman from the city of Tulsa. Remember our mission here at the podcast, we are connecting reliability uh, professionals with reliable information. And part of that is the individual. So Scott, reliability coordinator for city of Tulsa, give us a little bit of background about yourself. What do you do? Uh, good morning. Like I said, you mentioned my name is Scott Furman. Um, I actually am the maintenance reliability coordinator for the city of Tulsa. Um, I actually coordinate a lot, all of our MRT, which is our maintenance reliability team activities and processes too as well within our plants. Um, that's our uh, water and wastewater plants, our collection systems, and our distribution system too as well. Gotcha. So you probably stay fairly busy through all of that, I'm Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, why we want you to talk to us today is we feel there is a growing need in public utilities for reliability. And sometimes it's hard to get people to, to sell the improvements when it may not be as profit driven as maybe something like, you know, if you're a paper manufacturer, you're making widgets or something like that. So that's why we brought you in. And I mean, that's kind of what I want to knock around on a little bit today, if you don't mind. Absolutely. You're right. It is tough to sell reliability to public utilities. Um, I worked in two other public utilities in Arizona. Um, they started the process out there too as well, but working for the city of Tulsa, we're a lot farther advanced in, in reliability than they were. Um, we're moving towards condition-based monitoring too as well. Um, we do use our PDM processes uh, per se, our um, thermal imaging. Uh, we're starting to work into, um, our, like I said, our PDM processes too as well. And we are currently working on a six-month trial with Nicola Labs. And, oh, okay. Um, Some more online monitoring with them. Online monitoring for vibration. Um, we have it at our one of our wastewater plants, which is our Northside wastewater plant. Um, it's been a really good tool. Uh, we've picked up several different issues. One was a, a preventive cat prevented a catastrophic failure. Uh, we, so it's already kind of vetting itself out a little bit with that, showcasing some wins. It, it, is, it is. It really is. Um, we had an internal bearing issue, and it was not foreseeable by a, any type of PM that we could have done or corrective. Right. So it's really it's it's really come on to uh, be a very helpful tool to us too as well. So. so you've got some experience, obviously, at other public utilities. You're not the city of Tulsa. City of Tulsa is near and dear to us. Of course, that's Noria headquarters. We have several proud Tulsans that work here in Noria. Why do you feel like the, the public utilities may be lagging when it comes to reliability? What's, what's the issue here? Redundancy. Uh, they, so much redundancy, exactly. equipment redundancy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they, they tend to rely on it more and more. And as we move forward into the different technologies, they're seeing that we do need to make sure that we're running a proper reliability program and maintaining the equipment as we should. Um, and not just relying on our backup piece of equipment. Sure. So, so redundancy is a big one, but I could imagine. So as, all right, let's use Tulsa as an example. As Tulsa expands, I mean, we have a limited geographic footprint for Tulsa, right? It's kind of confined right. by the suburbs. Right. So if you buy uh, build a new facility, I mean, you can't rely on redundancy that much because you may not have the, the acreage that's actually needed. So you have to exactly. do more with less acreage reliability keep the machines running exactly and two as well we're required by the state of oklahoma odq to mm -hmm. have a certain depth of redundancy that's just part of the rules on the environmental side 
but you are correct. If you have a small footprint and you don't have that option, you may only have one other machine to work with too as well. So you really have to stay on top of your maintenance too as well and your reliability. Oh, absolutely. So let's let's get through this. So why should public utilities focus more on reliability? I mean, as you are working with uh, the city, you know, how are you convincing people this is a good idea, these are the steps we should take? Well, prior to me starting, I've been in the position about a year and a half. Okay. Um, I've been with the city about two and a half years. I started out as a wastewater operator. I, my maintenance background goes quite a ways back, so that's where my profession is. Um, the reason for utility-based reliability programs and, and the, the need for them would be to to be able to make sure that you have a piece of equipment that's going to be ready for when you need it. Sure. Plain and simple on a reliability standpoint. So our initiatives moving forward, um, as we've, as I mentioned, and condition-based, um, we really started pushing that way within the last six to eight months. Uh, like I mentioned, we were in PM and correctives and PDMs. But on the condition-based sides, we do uh, condition assessments yearly. Okay. We start out with our critical equipment um, for a year on, the, on a yearly basis. I'll give you an example of one plant that we do have. We have over 3,000 critical assets. Yeah, that's so, what I mean. 3,000 critical assets is, in a lot of cases, more than what most people have in their entire facility, exactly. let alone the critical ones. Exactly, exactly. And uh, we do our mediums and our low assets or lower assets um, one once every three to five years too as well too as well. but with those condition-based uh, assessments we pull information off of like our RUL our life cycle and we we also tracked MTBR too as well okay uh, within that and we base that off into our financial systems which is uh, business case evaluations and that actually ties straight into the condition assessment so we can plan for future replacement, rebuild, or, uh, or replacement of the piece of equipment. We usually base that off a 10 to 20 year cycle. Okay, and just to make sure, RUL, remaining useful life of the equipment, MTBR, mean time between repair of the equipment. Yes, sir. So, I mean, these are key metrics that, that you're tracking? Yes, they are. And then in other reliability metrics, because this, I'm telling you, is a, is a question that I get all the time. What are some key metrics that people should be looking at in their reliability program? MTBR, RUL, um, COF, consequence of failure, mm. um, those two as well. Um, that's big. Consequence of failure is really big because you're, 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 you're basically using an FMEA process, which mm -hmm. is... Uh, failure, failure modes effect analysis. analysis. There you yes. go. <laughs> Some of those are tongue twisters. They now. are. <laughs> And, and we're, we're implementing those two as well. We actually just started uh, drawing information out from manufacturers mm -hmm. uh, for new equipment for FMEAs. To give you a perfect example, we just, uh, we're putting in two brand new high service pumps that are one of our water pr process facilities. And uh, I was the first one to ask for an FMA direct, MEA directly from the manufacturer. So they're saying, all right, you built this piece of equipment. Yep. You should know as it starts to wear out in these different distinct components, yep. what we should be able to see, what we'd be able to expect. Exactly. How, exactly. how did you get, I mean, how did it come from the manufacturer? Did you get a lot of that information? You know, actually this is the first. So they charge us a pretty penny for it, but that's okay. <laughs> um, I'm anxious to see it because I've been through the FMEA process. Mm -hmm. um, I want to see what they're going to provide to us too as well. They were shocked. 
They, they, and Maybe they've never been asked that question before? No, they never have been asked. I mean, that's kind of a telltale in the industry right there, too, right? I mean, Well, and, and, and keep in mind, too, every manufacturer has to do it for that piece of equipment. Well, you imagine so, right? Because they're going to have to look at that. They're going to have to do their finite element analysis to determine, all right, what is a true warranty period? What is our you know, wear-out part that may break first, second, exactly. third? What is that mean time between failure? Because, I mean, there's a whole economics associated with the spare parts market and everything else. There is. So I, I get this because recently I've had to work on a lot more cars than I care to admit, and I don't, <laughs> don't appreciate it most of the time. So. I hear that. <laughs> now, uh, what are you most excited about with the city of Tulsa? So, like, let's talk about, you know, the, the horizon as it, as it exists for uh, reliability programs. I know we do a lot of lubrication program help mm-hmm. with, with the city of Tulsa, but what kind of gets you, gets you excited and you can't wait to see it into fruition? Um, actually, I'm... Really excited seeing more development on our staff on the technical side too, okay. as well on um, basically the lubrication type training, which some of your which your organization just did certify two of our techs mm-hmm. at one of our plants. Um, the development of our lubrication processes, which is really nice, they've actually done a lot of improvements on that end. Took every bit of advice that uh, and training that they were given and developed. The, the proper storage of everything that they need to Good. as well. It's really, really coming along. We have three plants that are actually implementing that now um, through tagging, through uh, tagging equipment and grease points and whatnot too as well. That's really, really, uh, really. It's, it's very proficient as they're moving forward too and it's really, really cool to see that they're doing this too as well. Um, uh, we're actually bringing in, uh, we have SMEs, which is our site, uh, maintenance experts okay. that actually work with our CMMS programs. Okay. Um, we're stepping that to the next level to planning and scheduling and implementing that into their roles. Um, we're gonna do that within, I believe the next six to eight months to a year, uh, kind of roll into that because they've never done it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's one of those things that's nice that we're moving towards too as well so that we can get a firm grasp on what we're doing in maintenance. I wanna take a second to talk about Reliable Plant Conference. This is actually our 25th Reliable Plant Conference. It is going to be held at the Carib Royale Resort in Orlando, Florida, July 31st through August 3rd. Please come and join us for workshops, speaker sessions, keynotes. We have an exhibit hall with over 100 exhibitors in it to find the solutions that you need to improve your reliability program, your lubrication program, and to network with your peers. Learn from them. Understand what solutions they use to improve their program, Come and learn from industry experts, from thought leaders, from people that are innovating in their reliability uh, programs. And we want to see you there. Remember, July 31st through August 3rd. And of course, you can go to conference.reliableplant.com for more information. You got to empower the technique. We do, yes. I mean, that's, that's the whole key to any of this, right? I mean, that's change doesn't happen overnight. Change you know, happens slowly. But what is it? You you grow slow and grow with people in the know, right? Exactly. Get them on board. Let them understand what it is. It's not scary, right? I mean, it's going to be a better way to do things. Right. And I mean, training is so integral into all of that. It is. It is. And and we're developing the staff. We really are. We're getting a lot of uh, attrition, as you might say, going forward. We're, sure. We're, we're, we're actually bringing in new people, too, as well, to replace them. Um, we're trying to develop before they do leave too as well. We're capturing that knowledge as they're mm-hmm. leaving the door too as well. So we do have some documentation of what they did when when they were in the field with you know and train 
the next person that's the successor as they're moving forward to. So, because most people I think of, all right, so someone's been with the city. Most people don't necessarily leave city jobs. I usually hear, you know, tenure of decades, right? I mean, 20, 30, 40 years. Yes. So obviously, yeah, they have a lot of that information in their head. You want to capture as much of it as you can Absolutely. because the people backfilling them may not be as, as skilled, you know, with the tools as well, not just around the equipment. Exactly. Exactly. You, you need to be prepared for the future. Oh, for sure. So one point that I want to touch on too is you're obviously having to, you know, garner support for these initiatives. They do cost money. So you from the inside, how do you convince people to invest in reliability? How do you convince them that it's a good idea? I convince them through our program, uh, what we've developed too as well. And um, we do have an RCM program mm -hmm. too as well. Um, we, we practice it and we, moving forward as we are developing, keeping people moving forward and keeping them excited about what we're doing is the main thing. It's, it's not easy to do, especially- When you say people, are we talking technicians, your managers, your technicians, bosses? Technicians, managers, directly. Yeah, and I, I directly, I, I actually relate to the technicians all the way up to the superintendents. Okay. My MRT team is actually uh, comprised of maintenance supervisors and plant superintendents. And then, but I, I've developed myself too as well to keep people motivated going forward too as well and continuous improvement. I developed a uh, maintenance mechanics and electricians group that I that I manage too as well, and I supply information to them too as well as I am the superintendent, so they can stay up to speed on what we're doing in reliability. Gotcha. So I, I want to make sure it's a it encompasses not just the leadership, but it encompasses everybody as we're moving forward too as well, so everybody's on the train and moving forward and, and improving. Now, at some point, you're going to have to talk dollars to someone. And I mean, you say, you know, we want to showcase, you know, the wins and everything else. Is that what you come prepared with when you go to ask for funding to do something else is saying, here's what we've done. Here's how far we've come. Here's the next iteration. What, what does that typically look like? Um, when we're asking for funding for funding for improvement on equipment or replacement, we're running it through our business case evaluation program. Okay. And that ties directly into... Um, our reliability program and our condition-based monitoring and condition assessment type programs, so which rolls up to justify what we're going to be doing to replace that piece of equipment or recondition that piece of equipment. So okay. it all ties in uh, from the technical level when the when the technician goes out to assess that piece of equipment. It's critical that they get everything correct on the document when they turn it in. Goes into our CMMS processes through our supervision. And then we review that through a BCE, BCE process, which is business case evaluation, mm -hmm. to justify repair or replacement of that piece of equipment. So it's a chain all the way through. It's, and it truly is based off of condition assessments and condition-based maintenance is what it is. So, so I hope that different than a profit-driven organization, because profit-driven organization is probably going to say, all right, you know, downtime is a big killer, right? Mm -hmm. So how are we going to make sure, you know, equipment availability? Mm -hmm. So you may not be talking profit as much. You're going to be talking availability. I mean, is that going to be the, the big thing that you're selling on? Or It will be, yes. Um, <laughs> two, and it can apply towards industry as well. Sure. Um, you know, because what is the reading the other day? I'm, I'm going after my CMRP in a couple months. Oh, well, that's awesome. So, yeah, it's not going to be easy. But um, And I was reading a few different things, too, as well. Um, when, it's when it's based on that, too, um, if you base off a condition, it 
makes more common sense to base off a condition-based monitoring system than it is to base off of an overhaul process. Well, sure, right? As well, because you're going to get better Time reliability. Exactly. Well, not not only reliability, but I mean, think about the cost with that, right? Mm -hmm. If it's an overhaul-based process that is on a very particular interval, mm -hmm. you may be doing work that's not needed. Exactly. And every time you open up the piece of equipment, that's another chance for introducing some sort of failure mechanism. Mm -hmm. um, I can't tell you how many times you know I get frustrated. All right, let's just use a small engine, right? Chainsaw at the house. Mm -hmm. It's running perfectly fine. Right. I decide, hey, I haven't ran it for six months. I'm going to do the quote-unquote tune-up on it. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, it won't start again or something. Like, I should have just left it alone, and it probably would have been perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. But you open something up, yes, you can induce some sort of issue. So, I mean, there is cost associated with that up and down. There is. Now, your customers, let's call them customers, they're consumers, right, and everything else. How much does that weigh into, uh, you know, your decisions of saying, all right, well, we've got to support the city. Mm -hmm. We've got to support the residents. Mm -hmm. And I guess you could say that you're directly in, in control <clears throat> with how much they're going to pay on their sewer bill or something like that, right, based upon how reliable your equipment is. Is that, is that fair? It is fair to a point because okay. we're, we're rate-based. Sure. Um, we we have a scheduled rate base, and it actually will increase over time in a period of time. And mostly, most of that is driving, but driven by inflation. Sure. Too as well too. So, but and it can be driven by cost to process too as well. But of course, it has to be approved. So that's how we work. It'd be I, when approved, voted on, or something. Voted on, yes, right. Voted on and approved by the citizens too, as well. Because you're very budget driven from the city or something like that. I'm, I'm assuming, right? Correct. We base all of our, we base off all of our uh, initiatives off of of what we do. We do receive for revenue off of water and, and sewer funds. Yeah. Now, with you know, you said the city of Tulsa has been doing very well with reliability as compared to other utilities. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the tangibles that you've seen with that? Does that allow you to use more of the budget for developmental type work, or maybe it's for trialing new technologies? I mean, what are some of the the benefits that you directly get to see of it? Trialing new technologies, I see a lot of that too as well because I'm I'm cutting edge myself. And I love to see advancements within the industries. I don't like to see the same old, same old. Sure. You know, so, and I, we've been dabbling and looking into a little bit of the AI processes. Mm. Industry 4.0 This is something that I'm introducing to my director, which is new. Um, I've been reading a lot about it too. I think there's Industry 5.0 now, but I think we better stick with four for now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cross one before we get to the next. Exactly. All, all of it. Exactly. So, those are the types of initiatives I'm trying to drive on my end. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I was just tasked with that today. I got a nice note on my desk from my director asking me, what initiatives do you want? Mm -hmm. What do you think changes need to be? How, what direction do you think we need to go? I thought, okay, I'll sit down. I've, I have about four pages written already. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm starting to, to really go that way. So AI, I would say, mm -hmm. uh, more, more automated type processes. Um, more operator-driven maintenance to more autonomous maintenance. Okay. Um, so we're we're relieving our maintenance techs and our electricians out there to do their to do their positions on more technical, more specialized type specialized things. Problems. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, and that's kind of the focus that we're trying to drive for now. Now, I, I kind of want to dwell here for a second, just because sure. I'm, I'm interested with it as well. But from my side of things, maybe, you know, as a consultant, as someone that comes out to, to assess, what I'm excited about as it pertains to AI may be different than what, what you are. So I'm kind of curious from your side, 
what does that mean? You know, getting AI involved in your maintenance program. I mean, what would that look like to you? Mostly in trending. Um, okay. Yeah, because we data analysis. Data analysis. Yeah, yeah. We're, we use Power BI now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're actually we have several dashboards that are right, one of them's MTBR. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually breaking it down to cause issues within our uh, within our CMMS with maintenance tech goes out there and does a position or does a job and breaking it down into the cause codes and tracking by cause codes to define where we're having the problems that was so we can improve upon that and eliminate those problems. Mm-hmm. So those are the types of AI systems that we're using. So, I mean, I guess you would consider that AI through a tracking process. Well, sure, right? Because, I mean, it's going to be looking at the, the data. It's going to be making sure that everything is, is kosher and it, it can learn from it saying, all right, it's this equipment class. Right. It's given us this signature, mm-hmm. you know, what is likely going on. And of course, the more data you feed into it, the, the more precise it becomes. It does. And we're tracking our conditions uh, assessment that way, too, as okay. well through, through Power BI. So we, we just started developing that uh, probably about six months after I started. So and, I, and I'm really seeing the trends. We're actually doing uh, um, uh, developing a uh, maintenance and reliability team uh, board too as well so we can monitor what we're doing on our end and that's still under development i haven't completely done it all the way through yet so but we're working with it that's great now scott i regret to say you know we're running low on time so i I want to give you the the last word here though with a a question here if you were the the mouthpiece of the industry as it pertains to public utilities you know wastewater or anything else what would you tell your counterparts in all other cities across you know the the united states across the the planet where should they start? What What do you think? What would you want them to know? Get on board with asset management and managing your reliability. Um, start from the basics. Go through the SMRP. Um, learn the matrix. Um, make sure that you have a solid CMMS program in place um, and drive it. And, and always make sure that you drive continuous improvement moving forward. Never Never be satisfied for the norm. Yeah, which which industries like ours within city government, they get locked into the norm. Perpetuate uh, the status quo. Exactly, perpetuate it. Get away from it. Start driving forward so you can develop your business processes. Treat it like an industry, which it is. You know, it's not like manufacturing, but it is an industry. It, it helps you improve your processes. It um, helps you improve your 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 well-being and your staff. Uh, you train your staff up, get them to the level they need to be so that they're understanding what you need to do. But liability is key. That's that's awesome. Scott, I'm going to tell you, I want to have you back here before long because I'm going to be very curious of how you drive all the condition-based sensors, the online monitoring. Uh, as you start to move into AI, I, I'm going to want to hear how this works. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to hear how you're doing it here at the city. So thank you so much for showing up. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate oh, absolutely. Now, for you, we appreciate you listening and taking the time to uh, to enjoy Gear Talks. This was another Noria podcast. Please like and subscribe. And if you have any questions or suggestions for topics, you can always email us at podcast at noria.com. Thanks. Thanks.